go through life day by day, and it passes by so fast, but it's worth making time for each other. Life Groups will change your life by giving you support, strength, and encouragement, and we want you to join. We're not just giving you one more thing to do, just helping you do the one thing that matters, life, develop friendships, walk through challenges together, and grow in God. Life groups here at La Palma Christian Center. All right. If you didn't know that, now you know. We believe in life groups. Um, we are doing a series. Creighton Coleman kicked it off uh, last week. And we are doing a series on the call to grow. And uh, I want to remind you today that God has called us to grow. Amen. He hasn't called us to stay the same, but he's called us to get closer to him and to grow in Christ. And, you know, there's a powerful, powerful dynamic when the church comes together on a Sunday morning. And um, we were able to experience that just a couple minutes ago, right? Um, just God's presence, God's power, God's healing, um, rededication, surrender. I mean, just powerful things that happen on a Sunday morning when we come together. That's why the Bible says don't stop getting together, right? Keep on going to church because it's important. We need each other. But, you know, there's a, there's a whole nother dynamic um, that happens when a small group of people uh, with the same heart, with the same desires, with the same desire to please God, get together on a consistent basis. Um, you know, if, if you were to raise your hand during my sermon today and, and say, hey, Pastor Moses, uh, I know you mentioned about that thing, but how, how does that work out? And, you know, and ask me questions during my sermon. Maybe the first time you can probably get away with it, but after a while we'll probably get an usher and they might escort you out. What am I getting at? I'm getting at you can ask questions during life group, right? There's accountability that takes place when a small group meets. There's growth that takes place. Why? Because you can ask the questions that you've always wanted to know the answer to but never really had the guts to ask. You can do that in life group. You know what I love about life group? Is that we encourage our facilitators to pray for one another before they leave the group. They, you know, to ask the question, how can I help? How can I pray for you today? You know, sometimes we can, we can go to church every Sunday and get away with not interacting with somebody. Do you know that? You can come to this church uh, maybe even for years and get away with not really developing a relationship with somebody. But what I love about life groups is that it kind of forces you to do that, which is a good thing. Everybody say good thing. Don't get scared now. Don't get scared now. It's a good thing. See, we're called to be in relationship with one another. We're called to, to, uh, to work together. We are better when we are together than we are apart. Amen? Amen. So we, I, I encourage you today. If you have not signed up for a life group, uh, today's your day. Come on, look at your neighbor today. And I want you to say, today is your day. Don't say your day. Say, today is your day. Today is your day to sign up. All right, our wonderful, beautiful Rose Kelly is sitting out there. Uh, after, there she is right there, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> Rose Kelly is going to be sitting behind our table today, and if you would like to sign up for a group, and let me tell you something. I'm, I'm going to get off this and get into the sermon in a second. Uh, let me tell you something. Life Groups is busting at the seams. It is growing so big that we, um, we cannot really control it yet. 
and there are, there are people that are wanting to sign up, and there are not groups yet to have them in. That's how fast we're growing. I believe this semester is going to be the greatest semester we've ever had. And I, I've already been talking to some people. I'm like, hey, are you ready to facilitate? Can you host a home? Hey, what about you? Because we have, we have more people than we have groups. And so this is, this is the real deal, guys. This is, uh, this is a God-given thing, and it's, I, I believe it's, it's of season, and, um, and I encourage you to sign up. All right? Okay, I'm done with that. Let's get in God's word today. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you, God, for speaking to us. Father, we thank you for the rededication that took place today. As we rededicated our lives to you, we thank you, God, that you blessed us with your presence, God, as we worship you. Father, we pray that as we hear the word that you would change our hearts, that we would never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask my ushers. We have a little half sheet of paper um, that I put together so we can, you can follow along with our notes today and with some of these scriptures and kind of fill in the blanks. Um, so our ushers are going to pass those out. And um, as they're doing that, I'm just going to jump into our scripture this morning. And I'm going to do my very best to uh, make sure I give you those fill-in-the-blank answers. All right. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 37. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 37. It's on the screen or you can find it in your Bible. Let me just give a couple seconds here to ushers to... Everybody got a paper? Okay, it's, it's coming. Raise your hand if you need a paper and we'll get our, our wonderful and awesome ushers. We'll get you a paper. All right, I think we got some extra over here if you need some. Don't forget our, our, our balcony peeps up on the top right, balcony. Y'all want a paper? We ain't forget about y'all. Come on. Somebody run upstairs. One of the ushers, we can get them to the, our, our uh, get to the balcony. All right. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 37. Let's read that. In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away. Leaving him half dead, a priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey brought him to an inn, stayed, and took care of him. The next day, he took two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper. And he said, look after him. And when I return, I will reimburse you for the extra expenses you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? 
The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Father, we thank you for your word. Speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to jump right into my point here. Point number one, if you are taking notes and writing it, serving is serving. Let me see that one more time. That wasn't too deep, was it? Y'all were looking for something intellectual and spiritual. I don't know. You may not get that today. Serving is serving. Sometimes when we say the word serving in church, we think of something super, 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 super spiritual. Right? Don't get me wrong. Serving is spiritual because Jesus did it and he called us to do it. Amen? All right? I want to clarify. Serving is a spiritual thing. But I want to I wanna maybe refocus us to what the word of God says serving looks like. Amen? Sometimes we have this picture in our heads of what serving looks like, and it's not entirely accurate. All right, if you have a, if you have a pretty good imagination, then your imagination can get away with you, and you can, like, create this world of serving and what it would look like. Or if you watch a lot of movies, okay, anybody, anybody watch a lot of movies? Some of you, I'm not raising my hand in church. <laughs> it's okay. I like to watch movies. Sometimes we can, we have this movie mindset of what something would look like, Right? We picture, well, I'm going to go help that lady cross the street, right? I'm serving. She needs to get from point A to point B. She has a bunch of bags, and, you know, the, there's nobody there to help her. So I'm going to help her, and I'm going to go serve. So we go up to her, and we, hey, can I help you take these groceries across the street? And we grab some bags, right? And then, uh, you know, our wonderful imagination tells us that this is what serving looks like. Once we get across the street, uh, we're going we're gonna to anoint her with oil because she needs to get anointed with oil, right? And then after we're done, we're going to lay our hands on her. Boom. And then we're going to pray for her, just a powerful prayer. God's going to come down. And then right before she gets slain in the spirit, right, across the street, she says, go and get my family and go and and tell everybody in my neighborhood that you're going to pray for them and we're going to get saved. And boom, she falls. Boom. And she falls in the spirit and we run and get, right? We kind of have this picture of what serving looks like. And I'm being a little extreme and exaggerated tonight. Um, But I want to let you know that serving is serving. Serving is finding a need and helping. Right there, number one. Serving is finding a need and helping. Let me tell you another misconception that we have about serving. Serving is not an event or an activity or a program. But serving is a lifestyle. Come on and say lifestyle this morning. It's a lifestyle. See, it's not just something that we check off our list or I did my serving quota for the year. Right? On Thanksgiving, I gave somebody a turkey and that's it. I'm done. I served brother so-and-so. See, serving is a lifestyle. Do you think that Jesus got together with his disciples and said, all right, guys, let's get together. We need to, we need to coordinate our serving, and uh, we need to plan our program for today. Let's get together. We are going to go to Jerusalem, and uh, listen, I want, John, I want you to get up there. I want you to get, you know, find where our, my, my voice can resonate, and I want you know, They didn't plan to serve, but they just went throughout their life, and they found opportunities where there was a need, and they helped. 
Church, serving is serving. That's all it is. If God allows you to share your faith or to pray for somebody while you're doing it, man, praise God. But serving is just serving. That's what God has called us to do. That's what he's called you to do. It's not an event. It's not something that we come to church to do. But God wants us to develop a lifestyle of serving where we find the need and we help. Serving is serving. I love this story of the Good Samaritan because there's not one mention of him praying for God's healing power to come over him. There's not one mention of, of him waking up and all of a sudden being healed. There's not one mention of him connecting him to the local church or the local pastor, is there? There's not really one, you know, quote-unquote spiritual thing in this story, okay? But he just served. He found a need and he helped. So let's get that out of our head. Come on, let's get a little brainwashed today. Maybe we've been a little brainwashed. And we think serving looks like this, but serving is just finding a need and helping wherever it is. That's what this guy did. I mean, it, you know, it, it, he did several things. He saw this to completion. You know, um, verse, starting with verse 33, he says, he bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own donkey and brought him to an inn, and then he stayed there overnight. He took care of him throughout the night. And then the next day, he gave the innkeeper, he's like, here's $2, bro. Or here's, you know, $50, $100, whatever it is. And he says, take care of him. And then if there's more money, I'll come back and I'll reimburse you. See, he didn't once pray for him, once lay hands on him, throw a little track in his pocket when he wasn't, you know, because he was asleep. See, serving is serving, church. You guys follow me so far? Serving is serving. We have to be careful that we don't miss the opportunities that God brings our way. That point number two under number one. We need to ask God to help us see with his eyes. Let me say that again. We need to ask God to help us see with his eyes. If you read verse 33, I love that there was three different people in this, in this story. Two of them had the same reaction. One of them had a different reaction. You see that? A priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, as he came to where the man was, and when he saw him, something different happened, didn't it? The Bible says that he took pity on him. He had compassion. Let me tell you, when, if, you are, if you are looking with your own eyes, you will not see into the supernatural. But when you are looking through God's eyes, God will show you things that only he can reveal. See, we need to see through God's eyes. I believe, you know, it's, it's funny, but it was two church people. You notice that? It was a priest and a what? And a Levite. You know what a priest does? A priest would work in the, in the temple and, and he would administer the things. You know, he was really, uh, he was really the... Um, the communication, the communion with God for the people of Israel. And then you have a Levite who actually worked inside the temple as well and did various different things. These were church people that instead of helping when they saw a need, what did they do? They're like, Dad, mm, I'm going across the street. I'm going to pretend like I didn't see him. They just kept walking. But it was the Samaritan that when he saw him, he was moved. 
I love one of the ministries here at our church. I was talking to Pete on Thursday, and I was just kind of running by my, my sermon to him and picking his brain. Uh, because Pete just thinks, he just has this outreach mindset, and he just, you know, that's his passion, that's his heart. If you know Pete, you know that. Pete Link, right there in the back. Bald guy with tattoos, he's back there. Get to know him, he's a cool guy. That's Jill next to him, his wife. And um, so I was just throwing, throwing my points at him, and, and you know, it's funny how when I, I'm just throwing my points at him, he's just getting all fired up, and he's like, yeah, and he's quoting me scriptures and showing me all his thoughts, and I'm like, wow, that's good. But as we, were, as we were talking on Thursday, he shared with me about Bob Ministries. How many know what Bob Ministries is? Raise your hand. All right, let's, let's do a little PR today. Bob Ministries is a bag of blessing, okay? It's uh, the third Sunday of every month. Okay, what they do is if you see Pete and a couple other people out there, they have a cart, and they'll refill your bag or give you a bag of blessing. And what this bag is, it just has essentials, foods and socks and different things for those that are homeless or needy. And what you do is you just put that in the back of your car. And whenever you see somebody that has a need, you give them that bag of blessing, right, and you just give it to them. I love that you can be able to serve somebody by giving them something that they need. But you know what I love about bag of blessings is that it opens your eyes to look for those that have a need. You see what I'm saying, church? It opens your eyes. It kind of gets your eyes peeled, and it gets your head going back and forth and looking around. You're like, all right, I want to find who I can give this bag to. Can you all relate to me if you, if you participate in it? It, get, it opens your eyes. See, we need to see with God's eyes. What does that tell us? That, that tells us that if having this bag helps us open our eyes, that means that we can walk around with our eyes closed and not really seeing the need. I believe that it was the heart, the hearts of these men that moved them. See, the Levite and the priest, they went across the street and they didn't do anything. I believe that their heart maybe over time had become callous or hardened be, and, and they had forgotten what it was to actually serve somebody. Maybe they just thought, well, I have to just serve in the church and not really outside to those that are in need. But see, I believe that the, the Samaritan man, his heart was soft and tender and sensitive to the voice of the Spirit. And he felt like the, the Spirit prompted him, I'm sure, to go and minister to this man. And maybe even not. Maybe he just saw him as like, Dad, he needs help. If not, he's going to die. Whatever the case is, his heart took, had pity on him. It had compassion. I believe it's the heart. Two things that keep our hearts soft and tender. If you want to have a soft and tender heart, here's what you need. You need God's presence. You need God's presence in your life. Why do we encourage you as pastors to spend time with God every day, to read his word, to, to spend time in prayer, to listen to praise and worship music? Because his presence keeps our hearts soft and tender. If you, if you stay away from God's presence, your heart will eventually become hard and callous. And you won't be moved by the things that should move you. God's presence keeps our hearts soft. The next thing, being grateful, never forgetting what Christ did for us. Number two, being grateful, never forgetting what Christ did for us. See, God took us out of the miry clay. Amen. God changed our life. He turned, he transformed us. He created us anew. And we can never forget that. If we do forget, then those people that have a need, we're not going to be moved by that anymore. Because we're going to forget what God did in our life. See, we need to keep that fresh and on the front. My prayer is that LPCC would be a church that sees. And after seeing that, we would be moved into action. Serving is serving. Come on, I'll say that today. 
Serving is just serving. Number two, serving is connecting. Serving is connecting. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the what? But the sick. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Mark chapter 2, verse 13 through 17. It says, once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. It's not the healthy, but the sick. My question as I was reading this, and my question for you today is, how is our interaction with the lost? Do you have any connections outside of the church body with the unsaved? See, I love that Jesus, he set the example here. Do you notice that he served the people by taking time and connecting with them? He sat down and he ate dinner. You know, when you sat down to eat dinner, you're going to conversate, right? You're not, you're not sitting down just so you can eat real quick and go. But back then, they used to sit, and it was, a, it was a, a, an ordeal. It was, it was an event. They would sit, and they would eat. They would commune together. But notice that Jesus wasn't just connecting with the believers, with his disciples, but he was connecting with the unbelievers, with the lost. Do you notice that? He was connecting with the lost. That's why I asked today, how's our interaction with the unsaved? Can I tell you something today that might be a little hard to swallow? Maybe this is all hard to swallow today. I don't know. It was hard for me. If you're not interacting, connecting, rubbing shoulders every now and then with the unsaved, you're missing something. Can I say that one more time? Let me step on your toes a little bit. If you're not interacting, connecting, rubbing shoulders every now and then with the unsaved, you're really missing something. If your interaction is only with the saved, your spiritual life can get a little monotonous. Do you want to shake your spiritual life up? Let me tell you how. Can I tell you how? Easy, easy way to do it. If you want to shake your spiritual life up, if you want to get passionate, if you want to set it on fire, you talk to somebody that's unsaved about Christ. That'll shake your life up and it won't leave it the same. It'll, it'll spark your life and it'll set your spiritual life on fire. See, what you say, well, Pastor Moses, it's difficult because I, I don't know many unsaved people. I mean, that's, that's valid, right? It's okay. I can say I understand because I'm a pastor. <laughs> and, and my calling is to equip the saints, right? Emphasis on the saints. My job, guess what? I work with a bunch of saved people. This is how it is. Unlike you, maybe in your job you have a lot of people that you interact with that are unsaved. Except for Pastor Jim. We're praying for him that he will give his life to Christ and get saved. Just keep him in prayer. Okay. See, we have to be intentional about this. 
If you don't seek them, these opportunities, you won't find them. It's not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. And I want you to be careful not to take this to the extreme. And, and you say, well, Pastor Moses is telling us to connect with the unsaved, right? So what I'm going to do is tonight after church, because I want to be obedient to the word, I'm going to go to the bar down the way. And I'm going to get all my buddies and we're going to drink together. And, you know, we're just going to have a good time. And I'm doing this so that I can, I can you know, share my faith with them because that's what Pastor Moses said. That's not what I'm talking about. All right. And I'm sure hopefully most of you know that. But I want to clarify because maybe you don't. Okay. We got to be careful. We have to be careful. And I'm not talking about, well, you know, um, there's some buddies of mine that work in my job. And, you know, and, and they, they say the occasional cuss word every once in a while. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a couple words into my vernacular. And I'm going to, you know, add these words to my vocabulary and just kind of throw them out every once in a while so they can see that, you know, that I'm like them and so that I can share my faith. Yeah. See, well, we got to be careful. We can't do that. Okay. We need to stand out, right? God has called us to be the light in darkness. But see, but we need to be intentional under on purpose. We need to be intentional. How, you may ask? Colossians chapter 4, verse 3 gives us an answer. I want us to read that real quick. It says, and I pray for us, Colossians 4, 3 through 6, and I pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. How are we intentional? We pray daily for opportunities. Paul is challenging us today. He's saying pray daily for opportunities so that you can be able to connect with the unchurched, with the unsaved. You say, well, I don't, I don't know, you know, that many unsaved people. Then guess what? Pray. Do you think God is more than able to do that in your life? I think he can. I think he can bring people your way that need to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. See, Paul was, was, uh, was asking the church in, 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 in Colossus, he says, pray for me so that God may open a door for me to proclaim my message. See, Paul understood that it took a little bit more than maybe just sending a letter every once in a while here and there. But he, it, 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 God's supernatural provision was needed for him to share a message, the message of Jesus Christ. So we need to pray. For opportunities. Number two, we need to make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. We got an awesome backpack outreach coming up on August 17th. Right, and mark that in your calendar. And this is an awesome opportunity. We've had this two years already. This is our third year doing this backpack outreach. It's right here in La Palma Christian Center, uh, right there in the front. We, we see it so everybody can see it. And what we do is we just, we serve the community. And we give backpacks to those that need it. Not only backpacks, we give pencils, erasers, toothbrushes, uh, uh, pencil boxes, notebooks. I mean, we, we get them ready for the school year, and we do it for free. You see, and what I love about this event, Pete told me this morning that there's 400 people signed up already. Can you believe that? 400 people signed up to get backpacks for the school year. And what I love about this event is they're having bouncers and, and there's, they have uh, hot dogs and hamburgers. Uh, I think Stacy may be uh, painting some people and um, they're giving haircuts. But you know what? We get to interact with the unsaved. We get to interact with the lost. It's an opportunity right there. 
And I remember the last couple of years, I would go around and just, we would just say, hey, do you need prayer for anything? And man, just that one question. And they would open up and say, yeah, my cousin's in jail. My sister's sick. My mom needs prayer. My son right here is, you know. And we would just take an opportunity and pray for them. See, but we need to pray and be intentional about this. If we're not intentional, then we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. Y'all follow me so far? Serving is connecting with the unsaved. Jesus set the example. Make the most of every opportunity. You know, sometimes we're in a rush. And I'm going to say this real quick and then get to point three. Sometimes we're in a rush. We're just always rushing. I was telling the first service that I'm from the East Coast. And over there, man, things move super fast. They are super fast. Uh, Pennsylvania, I was born in New York City, lived in New Jersey for a little bit, lived in Pennsylvania. And things move so fast. Everybody's just so rude over there. You go to the drive-thru, can I get a number um, three, uh, no pickles, you know, and, and you're getting an attitude from the teller already. Could you hurry up? She's rushing you. <laughs> we move so fast. Over here, Southern California, it's a little bit slower, but it's still pretty fast. It's still pretty quick. Sometimes we just got to slow down. Everybody say slow down. Just slow down. Because if we don't stop and slow down, then we're going to miss every opportunity God gives us to just connect with the unsaved. I'm talking about your neighbor. You know, just, hey, how's your, how's your grass going? How's your grass doing? Is it growing? How are your kids doing? But, you know, I'm, I'm not talking about super spiritual conversation. But I'm just talking about stopping and connecting with people that are unsaved. So that God would maybe open the doors for you to witness to him one day. Sometimes I, I was telling the first service, I go to Walmart. And, uh, and Jamie's like, okay, I want you to get diapers for Isabella. I want you to get diapers for Judah. I want you to get some wipes. Don't forget some aquaphor. I want you to get some milk. We need some eggs, peanut butter, some jelly. All right, and I'm writing this down. I put it on my phone, and I'm just like, but, you know, it, it's almost like it turns into an Olympic event for me whenever I go shopping. Anybody can relate to this? I, I get in my car. I go to Walmart, and I'm rushing down the aisles as fast as I can, and it's almost like I'm doing it so that I can beat my own time last time. And, you know, get out of my way, you know, and then I get to the aisles and I'm looking. All right, boom, aisle number four, boom. I go in there, all right, hurry up, and I get in my car, and it's almost like I stop my stopwatch. I don't know why I do that. Does anybody do that? All right. Some of you, two of you. Well, I, I guess I feel better. Why am I saying that? I'm just saying, here's what I'm saying. Slow down. Slow down. Talk to people. Conversate. I went with, uh, with Pete to do uh, some homeless ministry and you know what we did most of the time we we really didn't pray for most people you know what we just did we just talked with people we ended up talking with most of these people and they had they were telling us about the the government about the president about the city i mean and we just conversated see sometimes we just have to slow down and, and connect and talk and conversate and and we would be surprised at what god does through that amen number three serving is sharing Serving is sharing. Did I do that on purpose? We need to be intentional. And A is pray daily for opportunities. I don't know if I got that. And B is make the most of every opportunity. Okay. Number three, serving is sharing. Acts 8, 26 through 40. Let's read the scripture. Now the angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road. The desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch. An important official in charge of all the treasury of the Candake, Candake 
which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting on his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. 29, the, Philip, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Let's go to verse 35. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture. I'm sorry, 34. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came near some water, and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both, then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. See, there are times that in the process of serving, God will allow us to share our faith. But I love how this, all, this whole interaction began. I love this story. I love when the Bible kind of stops uh, the storyline and just puts the spotlight on somebody or something going on. And you see that a lot in the Old Testament. But the story kind of stopped, right? The disciples were, 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 uh, were scattered all across and there was uh, persecution but they stop and, and show this story of Philip and this eunuch and, and, um, and how this all went down. See, uh, Philip got to share his faith with this Ethiopian eunuch. And he didn't know, he didn't know what, the, what he was reading. He didn't understand. But do you notice how this all happened? Verse 29 lets us know. It says, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. See, this all happened because... Philip was in tune with the Spirit of God. And I think that's one of my... Sharing Philip's faith began because Philip was in tune with the Spirit. See, church, if we want God to use us to serve others, we need to be in tune with the Spirit of God. Let me tell you this. If you're not in tune with the Spirit of God, you're going to miss it every time. You're going to miss it every time. See, Philip was in tune. He heard the voice... And the voice said, go stand next to that chariot. And do you see what Philip did? He didn't think about it. The Bible says that he did what? He ran over and stood by that chariot. See, Philip was in tune. You know, nowadays there's this, there's this thing called the, the cloud. Anybody heard of the cloud? I'm talking about, I'm not talking about if you go outside and look up. But I'm talking about the iCloud, the cloud. Everybody has a cloud. Anybody heard of it? Okay. Wow, four people. That's good. Okay, five, six. There we go, seven. Okay. There's something called the cloud, and you know what the cloud does? I was downloading an app yesterday, uh, and it's called Evernote. You know, I was just, I wanted to keep my notes organized, and, and um, I, have a, I have an iPad, but iPad just broke the other day, so I'm using my wife's. Um, but I have, an, I have a phone, I have a, a, a MacBook Pro, and so I like to keep my stuff all synced up. You guys know what sync is, right? When all your devices are synced up, that means that they're all doing the same thing at the same time. So, um, you know, if... Um, if you know, Don comes up to me and says, hey, Pastor Moses, uh, we got this, you know, cool event that I want you to go to and come check out. And I'll go to my calendar and I'll put it in my calendar and I'll say, go to Don's event on, you know, this date, this time. And when I do that, not only will it be on my phone, but what? It's going to be on my, my tablet, my pad, and my laptop. Okay, that's what being synced up means. You know, it all happens in the cloud. The cloud is mysterious and we don't know how it happens. It just happens, right? But see, 
That's how it needs to be with us when it comes to Jesus Christ. When we are in tune with God's spirit, church, come on now. When we are in tune with God's spirit, whatever is on God's heart, guess what? It's going to end up in our heart because we are in tune, because we're all synced up. See, if we want God to use us to minister through these opportunities, we need to be synced with God's heart. As soon as something ends up on God's heart, it shouldn't take eight years to end up on yours. But it needs to happen instantaneous. If God gets a hold of you and you're talking to your neighbor or if you're out pumping gas or at Walmart getting some diapers and God gets a hold of you and says, Moses, I want you to go and talk to that person, then it should be instantaneous because we are synced with God's spirit. Do you remember that commercial back in the day uh, when they were pushing cell phones? Um, I got my first cell phone when I was 18 years old. And it was this bl long blue thing and I had to put the antenna really up and it didn't text message, it didn't send emails, it didn't take pictures, it just called, right? That's what, you know, nowadays, you know, our phones does, like, everything else but call. It call you know, calling is at the bottom of the list. That's not what we look for. It, it, you know, it has to do everything. But um, So when Verizon first started, you know, pushing their, their cell phones, what did they do? They used to do a commercial, and they used to say, can you, can you hear me now? Remember that? Can you hear me now? And what they were saying is that they're improving their connection. Now, you know, if you have Verizon, uh, FYI, and you are in this church, then your, your connection is probably off the hook because we have a tower right there. And so it's great. Your connection is awesome. So, um, but they would, they would do that because they were saying, uh, you know, our, we're improving our connection. And wherever you go, you can be able to hear the person that you're talking to on the other line. Now, uh, see, our connection needs to be there with God. If our connection is faulty, then we're not going to hear what God is calling us to do. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting this point a lot. But see, I'm, I'm talking about being in tune with the Spirit. If not, we'll miss it. How do I know if it's God? How do I know if it's the devil? Or how do I know if it's me calling me to do something? You ever ask yourself that? Come on now, you don't have to. It's okay. Hey, it's okay. I've done that. God is prompting you to do something. Oh, is it me? Is it the devil? <laughs> or is it, you know, I don't know. And, and we sit there and we debate. We debate and we go back and forth. But I love, how, I love what Philip did. He set the example. When God told Philip, go and stand near that chariot, you know what he did? He ran. See, I believe God calls us to an immediate response. I believe God requires immediate obedience. If we, if we sit there and we go back and forth and debate, then we're going to miss it. We're going to miss it. Have you ever missed something that God has called you to do? I have. I've missed it because I've gone back and forth. But God requires immediate obedience. Well, how do you know? How do you know, you know, who it is that's telling you to do that, that's prompting you to do that? If you find it in his word, then I'll tell you it's God right now. Let me clarify. If it's in his word, then God is calling you to do it. Well, is it the devil that's calling me to go pray for that person? I know Sister Cucaracha is going through a hard time, and I know she needs some help. You know, I, I, but I, I feel like I need to go pray for her and just, you know, maybe, maybe offer my help to her. Um, you know, but I don't know if it's the devil calling me to do that. Let me tell you, it's not the devil. If God is calling you to serve, if God is calling you to pray for somebody, if God is calling you to minister to somebody, let me tell you now. Let me, let me just set it straight. It's God because it's in his word and it's what he's called us to do. You know, it's, it's simple. We complicate it. We complicate it. We complicate it. God, God, you know, this is simple. God has made it simple for us so we don't get confused because we know we're a little hard-headed and we're a little slow sometimes. But it's simple. It's simple. 
If, God, if it's in his word, then it's of God. It's a win-win. There's no loss there. There's no loss. It's a win-win. Let's be intentional, church. Let's be intentional about finding opportunities to serve. Remember, serving is a path that leads us to the point where we can share our faith on that last one. Serving is a path that leads to the point where we can share our faith. Serving is just serving. Don't forget that, church. Serving is finding a need and helping. It doesn't really necessarily require you to have to pray for somebody or give them a track or lay your hands on them or anoint them with oil. Hey, if it happens, man, awesome. Praise God. But if it doesn't happen, it's okay. Serving is serving. Serving is connecting. Remember, we are God's, Jesus set the example. I'm not just making this up. He set the example and he connected with the lost. He sat down and ate food with them. The Bible even talks about God uh, interacting with prostitutes and talking to them. Oh, man, Pastor Mo, that's crazy. But he set the example. See, we, we can't be blind. It's, it's the sick that need the doctor, not the healthy. Serving is sharing our faith. Our life groups are an awesome opportunity for us to be intentional about serving. If you don't plan to do something, then you may not end up doing it. This semester, starting September 8th, is the beginning of our first semester. We are being intentional about serving, and we are providing opportunities for our life groups to serve. One of these is the Back to School Bash. One of the other ones that we're putting together is, um, is it a nursing home, Pete? It's a nursing home where we can just go and conversate and, uh, and just give to those in that nursing home. And we're going to try to do that on a consistent basis. But we want to be intentional about serving because we know the importance of it. We understand that serving is important. So I want to encourage you again. I know I talked about this in the beginning, but I want to encourage you to sign up for a life group. If it's, if it's on your mind, if you're like, well, I'm, I'm debating, then let me tell you, just do it. Just do it. Sign up. Rose Kelly's back there, and she's gonna, she can sign your name up. And we're, we're busting at the seams. Like I told you, we are trying to figure out how to be able to handle this uh, group of people coming in. And so we're, we're trying to get two or three more life groups going on so that we can be able to handle this amount of people. But, I, but uh, it's a good thing to have. And so I challenge you today, I encourage you to sign up for these life groups because they can change your life. Amen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call Pete to come on up and he's going to pray for us. I challenge you again, church, pray every day. Pray for opportunities for God to be able to use you to serve somebody in any way. Just pray and be intentional about it. Amen. All right, come on, Pete. Would you stand with me as we pray, please? Lord, we thank you for a great day in your house, God. We thank you for speaking to us, God. We pray that you would just take the word that you've given us today, God, about serving. 
We pray that you would embed that in our hearts and our minds, God. We pray that, pray that that would be on the forefront of our minds. We pray that we would be intentional, God. We pray that you would give us your compassion and your love, God, not only to see the need but to be moved to action, God. We pray that we would have immediate and intentional obedience to you, God. We pray, Lord, as we go, that you would give us even opportunities today, God, uh, that would be clear and obvious, God, and that you would give us the words and the actions to do in that situation. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.